Welcome to the Fourth Pillar of Play, a Night Shift Radio production where we support your adventure in tabletop game design by discussing, learning, and creating right alongside you. And hello. Hey. I feel like I say and hello. And a hello. Lot. And hey. And hey. More dragons. And welcome. Dragon. Dragon. And dragons. Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we were going to do what we should do. It's a contest. It is? No, I don't know. What's a contest? Saying dragons. Dragons. <laughs> Yours has a very 80s vibe to it. I know. I feel like it was a little bit of Optimus Prime in the back <laughs> of my head. Just a bit, yeah. Like, dragon bots roll I just out. saw a TikTok <laughs> slash reel today <laughs> where Peter Cullen um, voiced the thug at some goofy dojo in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. And like... The shredder comes in and takes over the dojo by, you know, uh, cutting a, a medicine ball or a med- I'm sorry, a, a medicine. It was a punching bag. Medicine bag. Is that what they call him? Medicine ball. Medicine ball is punching a bag. speed bag. Yes, that. Punching yes, bag? yes. He he slices okay. it with his shredder claws and then and they just give him. But the it's dojo. funny because he's supposed to have like a. It's supposed to be Peter Cullen, but being kind of the '80s dumb dumb voice, like, "Oh, you gotta mess with me," you know. And it's just it's goofy. <laughs> and I'm like, "No, you're too noble." Who's this guy with the with the Ginzu knives on his it's, right, hands. right, like like, like the the comic relief heavy just doesn't fit. He's just too, you know. I don't know. It's, it's like they, you're they, too they, regal for that, Mister Cullen. Yeah. And Bebop and Rocksteady were out of the. Bebop, Rocksteady. Wow, those were faves. You have that one. Crying, crying, crying was the best. So ridiculous! <laughs> what a ridiculous! Oh man, I loved all those voices. Yeah, you know. Speaking of, the, remember the Palladium books that I always mentioned that I used to play? They they kickstarted. They re, they're redoing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Uh-huh. The Palladium apparently still holds all the publishing rights. I to their feel stuff. like that's just a weird thing to play. I, I don't know. You know. I mean, I used to play it a lot. I mean, it was okay. fun when okay. I was really into the concept itself. I burned a. Sh- I almost swore. I bore. I burned a crap load of quarters playing the arcade game of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. One of my favorite yeah. arcade games. So of all time. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is definitely, and I feel like sometimes a lot of tabletop RPGs kind of suffer from it. I don't know if suffer, but um, it was really fun to make a character. You had a lot of choices, a lot of ways, and did you play a mutant? Yes, you would design a mutant. Um, you would roll on a random table. But you, for what? Oh, animal? you had to roll on a random. You don't table? have to. Can, obviously, as is always the case, you don't have to. But we're gonna make our own turtles, right? So, and I think you know, you would roll, and they had a long list of um, animal options, and then you, I think, I want to say, you decided your background. Like, were you? Turtles wandering around in a sewer. Were you developed in a lab? Were you a military experiment? I, th- okay. I feel like aliens was an option. Are you from another dimension? You know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. See, I feel like if you wanted to do a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles role-playing game setting, you would want to play the normies. You'd want to play the humans, and the mutants would be... Do you know, you know I, put, I picture it as... I picture it as going really well with either Tales from the Loop or Kids on Bikes. Yeah, I get that. I do, I do get that. I also... Because... It'd be like if you did oh, yeah. a Godzilla tabletop RPG, it'd actually be more interesting to be the people in that case dealing mm-hmm. with Godzilla than actually being a kaiju, because yeah. then it's just a strategy game. Well, in Kids on Bikes, one of, the, one of the aspects of the mechanics of that game is the powered kid. So yep. you all create your kid character, and then there's a powered kid. No one plays no one is the dedicated powered kid um, oh okay it's actually a it's a character that gets passed around and controlled by everyone so that's a points. that's so then that's 11 that's your l yeah, from it's your l. stranger okay things. yeah no, that makes sense um or your et alien or your you know the special the special character gets used as almost a piece of equipment yeah um, and that's funny because that is one thing i haven't read through the details on but monster of the week like you can create your character and you can be the slayer you know you can have mm-hmm. all these different things i'm like well how do you balance a game with that many powerful people like i can't make I a mothman know. story that threatens four slayers <laughs> yeah. well and so okay so that's something that i had considered too now i have not read monsters of the week i've mm-hmm. only read kids on bikes yeah um, but that would be one of my big hurdle concerns too, because someone we already have to deal with in Dungeons and Dragons characters trying to hog spotlight. Yep. I'm not saying we, you and I have to deal with that. I'm saying like in general, it's a thing. that is a problem within the hobby. It's a thing that DMs have to deal with. Yeah. Um, with main character syndrome and all that jazz. Yeah. So if you were to do a role playing game where one character specifically is playing. Well, I'm playing the Slayer, and everybody else, you can play my plucky sidekicks. Right. I feel like, 
Really? Yeah, I mean, it's it's built into it, but it just seems like a lot of power to, especially with the way that Monster of the Week pretty much... Rec- well, Monster of the Week was, wasn't it designed just for Supernatural fans? I, I don't know. I, I feel like Monster of the Week was designed if you want to play a Supernatural game. Well, it's definitely got a, a Super Hulak Yes, time. the Super Hulakian. Yeah, it's in that. Along, Although there's, know, a 5e, there's a 5e Doctor Who game. Yeah, because you throw in... Oh, that's true. Um, but you throw in, um, you know... the. There's a lot of those CW type things. So, you know, I think there's a kind of like if you go through it, you you kind of pick up on like a charmed vibe as well as a Buffy vibe. Like there's it's all those vampire role playing game. You know, it doesn't I have an idea for a story in my head. It wouldn't be like that. But you I could see how it could very much cater to that, I guess. is So, you know, and I think I've mentioned it here on the podcast before, but one of my ideas for the future is I wanted I have an idea for a short form role-playing game system mm-hmm. yep oh yeah and one of the and i don't want to talk too much about it because mm-hmm. i don't want to i don't want to poison the well but one of the ideas that i've bounced off of you is that i i like the idea of it being for a smaller group specifically because it has that same problem where you could theoretically i would i would want to write a thing in there about how to avoid it that it could very easily become well i'm playing the main character and you guys are playing the side characters right like i want to write into it very specifically like if you choose to play it that way and everyone's cool with it whatever but it's designed to be oh there's only two or three of you and you are all equal partners in this group Mm -hmm. you are Mm -hmm. not no one is subservient to the other one or subordinate to the other one in any way like directly stated we don't have conan and then you know the creepy uh, thief guy who tries to yeah from destroy rub the lady's thighs too high yeah <laughs> yeah just trying to bind your wound yeah jeez jeez <laughs> call upon the Christ that does not exist in this world <laughs> <laughs> so but there are oh. are there dragons in in all these oh you gotta go you gotta just bring it back to the table well man. you know I'm, oh man if it won't be jeez. Oh, it's a swiper. Did your kids watch Dora's? Did your kids watch Dora the Explorer? I, I didn't let them watch. Any, I'm really going to try to keep segueing, aren't I? Huh? Yeah. No, no, no. I didn't let you them did watch Nickelodeon, any Nickelodeon stuff? stuff. We felt like it made them, uh, you know, agitated. Oh, oh, that's right. Okay, all right. Cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. It was... All right. So, so yeah. Last week we talked about the Monster Manual version of the Adult Green Dragon, and we talked about the Level Up Five E version of the Adult Green Dragon. Right. Now today. We are going to look at two other sources for green-ish mm-hmm. dragons. I'm going to put the ish on there. Yeah, yeah. We're definitely one We're, other source. Mm-hmm. But the caveat with both of these sources of dragons for today is that they don't fall neatly into that adult green dragon realm. I, honestly, right. the one, the first one we're going to talk about would probably closer be to an elder green dragon. So all things aside, we'll do the same thing where we pull up the math and we make sure that, the you know, does the math line up with what we would expect from uh, just from the general, uh, that creature of that CR. But the first thing we're looking at is a CR 21 solo dragon, which would be more like an elder dragon. Right. And I mean, the, the monster manual uh, green dragon that we talked about was essentially like Taco Bell. The level up 5e was welcome to Moe's. <laughs> you know, as far as like, um, what's the, they're getting, I liked the level up five. I didn't, I didn't think it was think bad it was at bad. all, but these ones, I'm sorry, but flea mortals, these, these, these ones are like, these are the these hole are like in the wall place. Dragons. That's awesome. You know, like this is the place downtown behind the, that, you know, yeah. this is the, uh, to me, at least uh, every this other the taco truck that you track on your phone to make sure you never miss it. Correct. That's what, I, yes, exactly. All right. So moving on to flea mortals, which has been sort of our, our, our MVP of monster books lately. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, a great book. Highly, well, I mean, you know, I've, what I've been hearing from other podcasters that I listen to is, well, again, you know, like Mike Shea was saying that Flea Mortals and Level Up 5e are his. He said that Flea Mortals, he wouldn't, doesn't see it as a monster manual replacement. He does see Level Up 5e, Monstrous Menagerie, as a monster totally. manual replacement. I, get, I think that's totally But accurate. he loves both of those books. And and that's what I'm finding is I'm writing stuff for our games that I am basically those are the two books that I am holding on to mm-hmm. as I move forward, with the exception that for one of our games, I've been looking a lot at uh, the Van Richten's Monsters. Right. So, because they're pretty cool. I like the Van Richten monsters. Mm-hmm. But. All right. So let's go to level up, or no, sorry, no, level up 5e. I'm stupid. Let's go to Flea Mortals. Yep. Flea Mortals by MCDM Productions. Their dragons are not broken down like traditional dragons. Instead, we get five 
named solo encounter dragons. Now, these solo encounter dragons are in the chromatic variants. Um, however, they never refer to them by their color. You have to use the art and their breath weapon to kind of identify it. So they do have, and I'm just, just saying this for no particular reason, Josh, the level 20 solo white dragon is pretty cool. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, it's pretty cool. Is that... Uh... <laughs> It's it's really cool. Dura Zavavan. Duraxavanox. Duraxavanox. That's a tough one. They really wow. That's a that's a lot. Of I know vowels. when we that's we complain silly. about our names. I hate those. I hate these names. That's what I want to say. I'll go MCDM. Awesome monsters. Stupid names. Tell me how. Tell me how this really is supposed stupid, to be pronounced. Duraxavanox. Yeah. No. Duraxavanox. Duraxavanox. Well, whatever. Duraxavinox. Fours and tier. Duraxavinox. You know what it looks like they did try to do was create like a consistent uh, draconic language. Yeah. Because they, they Durac- do seem to yeah. fit together. Durix of Vinox. Durix of Vinox. Durix of Vinox. Good luck That's with this uh, not blue dragon here. Zan, Zadaradid. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Zadarans? Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So the green dragon's name is Quazzledrath. There's no Q-U. It's just. Okay. Yeah. I see him. I'm looking at him. Quazzledrath. I'm just going to call him Quazzledrath. Quazzledrath works. Quazzledrath. Um. It could have done, I, they could have easily done this with a K and not a Q. <laughs> right. But anyway, Kazeldrath. Kazeldrath is a 21 solo um, solo monster. Now, interestingly, in this book, solo monsters and leader monsters mm-hmm. are what they call the action-oriented monsters. Okay. And those are the ones that basically, that's their version of like legendary. Okay. So they don't have legendary actions, they have villain actions. And you might be saying to yourself, why are you saying this? Well, because they do, they take several monsters that are traditionally legendary monsters and they strip them out as legendary. So, for instance, a lich in the monster manual in Level Up 5e and in just about any other source book is a legendary monster. Yeah. A lich is a legendary monster. Mm -hmm. A standard lich in Flea Mortals is a controller. It is meant to be fought with a bunch of other things. So it's it controls the battlefield, it buffs and debuffs and does its own thing. Yeah. They then have a version of the Lich that is a level 25 solo. So that's the weird thing. Okay. Oh. Um, so this is... Kazeldrath is a CR 21 solo monster, which means it is basically the equivalent of a legendary creature meant to be fought by itself. So it's going to have a lot of extra stuff. Mm-hmm. It is a gargantuan dragon. It's chaotic evil. It's got an armor class of 20. So what, what did I say? What was it? CR 20. CR 20. Armor class of 19. It's got, Yeah, so it's right in line with armor class. 402 hit points. It's got a lot of hit points. Again, it goes it's back got, to the if you play him like you're supposed to. If, if you, Well, I mean, again, yeah. If you play this dragon like you're supposed to, it's, again, you're just going to murder everyone. Yeah. So that's why... That's It's not that I can't DM tactically, Josh. Yeah. It's that I... And specifically, just trying not to kill everyone. Well, um, yeah. Also, I'm really bad at tactics. Speed five feet is forty. Uh, or sorry, feet speed of forty. Fly feet speed of eighty, and a swim speed of forty. I don't remember. Did the um, adult green dragon? Yes. That's the same. That's the same. Okay. All right. Cool. That I do remember. Um, I'm just gonna pull up my A5E mm-hmm. adult green dragon as well. We then have a strength of twenty seven. Woof. Yeah. Um. Strength of 27, so it's going to be strong. Well, again, it's a solo. Yep. Dex of 12, that's that's the same, if I remember. Con of 24, that's higher. Intelligence of 14, that's lower. Wisdom of 16, that's higher. And a charisma of 18, that's higher. And So they redistribute the stats like kind of in an original array. Wasn't the 5e, kind of, I felt like the 5e charisma was higher, wasn't it? I, maybe I'm wrong. I thought it was high. Well, we did run into one that had the charisma. What was it? The one of them had the. There was a charisma typo on the. That's what it was. That's what I'm thinking of. It was the charisma beta. typo. It must have been the five E. I think. Or did we do ancient greens? We did ancient green. Ha! I'm so. That dumb. doesn't matter. I mean, this is it's the same. This thing is still probably better than the ancient greens, Frank. I uh, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um. All right. So da, 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 here we go. Just trying to find it here. Yeah, the ancient green had the typo of twenty-eight instead of eighteen. Okay. All right. Yep. So, yeah, its stats are not too far off from the ancient green dragon in A five E. It's got a saving throw con plus fourteen. Um, the math checks out. Wisdom plus ten. Math checks out. Charisma eleven. Math checks out. 
Its skills are arcana, history, perception, and stealth. That makes sense. Yeah. The story-wise, lore-wise, they like to they like to manipulate mortal and uh, humanoid civilizations. So having arcana for its spells and history because it likes to mess with history. Its perception and stealth are just good because it's sneaky. Yeah. Yeah. It's immune to acid and necrotic. Necrotic is interesting. Yeah, necrotic is interesting. I'm going to wait to see if there's a story reason that we can suss out. Well, they also it's, aren't tied to the colors. Yes, and it's exactly. It be, could be that simple, but yeah. They are uh, immune to charm, dazed, frightened, paralyzed, petrified, poisoned, and stunned. Lots of immunities. Yeah. Blindsight 120. See, this is my favorite thing about dragons too. It's like blindsight. Every party, we're going to sneak up on the dragon. No, you're not. Right, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. They've been around. But I rolled a twenty. But I rolled a thirty-two on my stealth. Said the the gloom stalker. Mm-hmm. I don't care. He knows you're there. Right. Why? It's a dragon. Needs to. <laughs> and it has true sight out to sixty feet. <laughs> I use an illusion. No, you don't. Listen. No, no tricks. <laughs> it knows you're there and knows who you are. Don't even try. Right. Uh, all of uh, the dragon slayers. Of all the dragon slayers of of old. They all came. <laughs> They all die. Face to face, though. They come right in. Nobody's trying to sneak up on the dragon. Except for Bill. <laughs> Language, common and draconic. Again, I, so this is just maybe just my, my pet peeve. It, its languages should just be all. Yeah, whatever it needs to speak. And honestly, I mean, that's such a small thing, but I'd like, I don't even know why they bother not putting it in there. It speaks common and it speaks draconic. No, it, it, speaks, it speaks everything. I, or I would put common and draconic plus any others the DM wants it to speak. Right. Yeah. No, that's um, totally true. Because it could, who's to say a green dragon doesn't try to corrupt and plot the downfall of a dwarven civilization? You know? Well, Duolingo. So, dwarven Duolingo. Or, or elves. The fact that it doesn't speak elvish, it's got to be screwing with the elves left and right with the right. overlap and environment. Yeah. It's got to be as old as as them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Kazaldrath can breathe air and water. That's normal. Yep. Consume shadow. I love the names of its abilities in this. These are just its attributes. Three times a day. This is its um, equivalent of legendary resistance. Okay. So, three times a day. When Kazaldrath fails a saving throw, they can ins- they can succeed instead. When they do, any areas of magical darkness in the lair are dispelled, and they can't use Enshroud or Thwart healing until the end of their next turn. So... Again, in keeping with this more modern take on legendary resistance, there's a cost. Mm-hmm. Um, so they use the legendary resistance, and then they, if there's any shadows in the area, it gets absorbed. Now, my guess is there's going to be some shadow powers coming up. Mm-hmm. And then what is that? And also a couple of its abilities. So any of its abilities linked to shadow are going to be... Right. Well, I had undercut. to read right ahead because when I hear something called thwart healing, I'm like, what is thwart that? Thwart healing. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, there's another one. There's a fun one on the level 25 solo lich. It's got a it's got a legendary or I'm sorry, a villain action. They're not called legendary actions. A villain action called like my magic only, and it's like a 120 foot radius, and it goes off, and nobody can cast any spells. No magic items function as magical for one round, <laughs> other than the liches. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that would be- it just shuts down everything. Do you have magic armor? Subtract. Yeah. Do you have a magic weapon? No, you don't. Yeah, that's great. You oh, that periaptive wound closure you're wearing? Yeah. Out. So that's amazing. Yeah, there's a lot. So they throw a lot of the villain actions. They throw a lot of like real strong debuffs. So shadow strength. First thing. Here we go. Um, acid and necrotic damage dealt by Kazaldrath. Ignore damage resistance. So this green dragon seems to be a green and necrotic. So it's acid and necrotic, which explains the necrotic resistance. So it's like a black dragon, though. It's got it's a, it's got it's basically they kind of like thematically seems like they mix the two. Yeah. They? All right, here we go. Some actions. Kazaldrath makes one bite attack and two claw attacks. He bites plus fifteen to hit with a reach of fifteen feet. Um. Yeah, that's about the same as the normal. Mm-hmm. The level up five e one does uh thirty points of damage plus nine points of poison. This does on its bite. It does nineteen points of piercing and nine points of necrotic. Um. Oh, here we go. So it does less damage on the bites, but if the target is a light source or is wearing or holding a light source, that light is extinguished. Oh, yeah. And then that's going to be a problem for... It literally swallows light. Yeah. It's going to be a problem Um, for any dragonborn. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So my first strategy thing here is you're keeping this area completely dark. You're making it so they can never see you. Okay. Yeah. Um. 
Its claw attack is plus 15 to hit, reach 10 feet. It does 15 points of slashing damage, and Kazaldrath can move the target 15 feet horizontally. So it just builds it right in. It hits you with the claw, and you go flying. Yeah. It just slides you back very cinematically. And you can picture that, because this whole thing with this was, when they were talking about designing this book, was making it cinematic. So you hit him with the claw, and you can you do the whole like cut scene, like the Akira slide back yep. as they knock the hero back. Although you would only ever do it on the second one, wouldn't you? Unless you were trying to get a bunch of people away from you, and you were spreading your attacks around. Well, right, yeah. Or you were flinging someone off a cliff. If you're, again, we're playing optimally here. Um. All right, whoop, I just, there we go. That, hmm, okay. Am I, See, this is, I'm so confused. I am, all right, hold on. Just just bear with me here. Okay. Uh, let's see, what is this do we, guy? Do we need to clap? No, we don't need to clap. No, no, this is, let, let the people hear this. Okay. There's another dragon that we could also argue is a green dragon. So, yeah. Um, what is going on? This is really bothering me a little I bit. I think they just this made is... whatever dragons they wanted to make, is what I think. All right. Um. So, I, I want to find, okay, so our normal green dragon breath weapon is poison breath, right? Okay, yep. Yes, it is. So a couple of dragons later is uh, Aesirthax, which has a poison breath. Yep. Kazaldrath's is a vacuous breath that does dark energy in a line, and it does acid damage, not poison damage. I think Kazaldrath's their black dragon. Yeah. It's just really, because it's all this decay and shadow, I feel really dumb. Listeners, I'm sorry, but you know what? Sometimes we all make mistakes. Well, no, I mean... And we all just... Make happy little accidents that help us have fun conversations. Yeah. And every mistake is just an well, opportunity you know what doesn't, to learn and grow. What doesn't help <laughs> is that on Zerzarak... The art also makes it really not clear. Yeah, the, the art makes it totally not clear, which I guess is not... Okay, well then here, hey, we'll bring it to the design table. Even, we'll bring it to the design table. It's a really... Table. Yeah, we'll bring it to the design table. Really, Does this help the DM who wants a green dragon? Is it... You know what I mean? No, like I'm th- in... Yeah. Because... The art and a lot about this indicates that those are green wings, right? Not exactly. So, all right. Well, let's. Well, if we publish man. whenever we publish our own versions of dragons, we'll make it very clear. Because <laughs> this is a fill-in for the white dragon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let's jump ahead to Ezerthax, which is what I always meant to do. I, I what, right. uh, what are you talking about? is. I always weaker. meant to do this. Um, it is. It's a CR twenty-two armor-wise. He is. Armor oh, he's, class so, oh, he's is stronger lower. CR. Yeah. Same hit points, same kind of breakdown with his stats. Yeah, the math, I mean, we can, okay, so we can actually jump ahead. We can We can establish yeah, sure. that the math is correct. Yeah, the math's correct. Yeah. Um, he has so three languages. He has, he does. He has common deep speech and dracronic, because uh, mm-hmm. he's a, he's poison and psychic. Yep. So we're going to find out what's going on here. They're so, also double dri- double dipping with these a lot. They're double dipping so much, which is, again, maybe that's what they were going for. Let's not make them very clearly one kind or another, except the ice one. The ice one's always an ice one. Right, sure. Um, it's also the easiest one to identify. So, And the red dragon. Red, fire, white, snow, yep. everything else. I don't know. Mix them up. It's kind of out there, yeah. So I do want to go over his legendary resistance, which is withering resistance. When Ytherax, or when... Uh, uh, Easer Thax fails a saving throw. She can take sixteen necrotic damage and succeed instead. I don't. I feel like they were like bored. <laughs> they were like, "Wow, I don't know." They take some damage, yeah, and they succeed. But it's still it's coming at a cost. Yeah, and then she okay. has her poison damage though. Her poison, her corruptive was it her mm-hmm. one corruption? Yeah, she turns people into gibbering mouthers. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so it's like also like an aberration dragon a little bit. Yeah. Um. So the same thing, bite, 16 to hit, 15 fate, 20 points of piercing damage, 11 points of poison. Okay, so that's closer to the uh, ancient green that we've looked at. Mm-hmm. Claw, same thing, and it moves it 15 feet horizontally. So they kept the claw pushing people around. Yeah. Now let's get to its breath weapon. Its breath weapon is called Corrupting Breath. I'm so glad that the next book we're looking at makes the dragon so much more clear, Josh. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> corrupting Breath, you which is a recharge 5-6. flipping through mine for any particular reason. Okay. <laughs> Uh, uh, Aesirthax exhales poison in a 90-foot cone. Each creature in that area must make a DC 22 constitution saving throw. <laughs> um, anytime I see a DC over over 20 for a, a saving throw, I'm like, oh, you want everyone Yeah, to fail. the party fails their saving throw. The pa- well, I know. The barbarian succeeds, and that's like, that's right, it. Right, and, and any, anybody who happens to be buffed. <laughs> the wizard just goes, I die. On <laughs> um, a failed save, the target takes 56 poison damage and is poisoned until the end of their next turn. On a successful save, the target takes half as much damage and isn't poisoned. So if you play this optimally, it flies down, poison breaths, flies up, waits until it recharges, flies mm-hmm. down, 
poison breaths, grabs someone, flies up, drops them, waits, recharges, flies down, poison breath. Right. But that's boring. It, totally. Bonus actions. Ulcerate. <laughs> Ulcerate. Ulcerate. I love a good portmanteau. Portmanteau. Um, where we mash up two words together and create a new word. Yeah. A good portmanteau. Ulcerate is probably one of my new favorites. Is that what you magic? Okay. So ulcer and lacerate. Ulcerate. That's cool. Ecerthax uh, magically aggravates a creature she can see within 60 feet of her who is corrupted by her corruption trait. The target must make a DC 19 constitution saving throw or be dazed until the end of its next turn. Wow. So, so yeah, you can daze people after it's been corrupted. So right before you turn it into a gibbering mouth there, you daze it. And then it has some reactions. When a creature uh, Eserthax can see within 60 feet of her hits her with an attack or succeeds on a saving throw, uh, Eserthax conjures a reality warping anomaly around them. The creature must choose to either take 10 psychic damage or re-roll the attack saving throw using the new result. Eldritch Disruption. Yeah, so this is, it's a little bit of an aberration green dragon. Yeah. Um, and then here are its villain actions, which are the equivalent of legendary actions. Eserthax mm-hmm. uh, has three villain actions. She can take each action once during an encounter after an enemy's turn. Um, she can take these actions in any order, but can only use one per round. She can take each action once during an encounter, once during an encounter after an enemy's turn. Does that mean she can only take her three villain actions and then that's it? I do think that's what that means. Yes, that is. She can't take these actions in any order. She can take these actions in any order, but only but can only use one only use one per round. Okay, so one of the changes they made to legendary actions when they changed them to action-oriented villain actions is they said, "Listen, here are their actions. They only get to use the three of them." Right. And you, the other thing they said is they are sort of all they have like a, a narrative to them, um, and I don't remember exactly what that narrative is, and I'm not going to flip back right now, but it's sort of like. One is the opening salvo. Two is the debuff. Three is the this. Okay. And it's meant to like kind of be a narrative. So it's action one. So you could do, yeah, basically it's three rounds of these and that's it. Yeah. Um, well, this action I'm, one is. I'm reading ahead. It's very much video game design. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can tell he's hugely, hugely influenced by video games. These design. are old uh, 90s style video game ramping it up, um, early 2000s. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, um, do you know where that was also really obvious? Is in um, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. Oh yeah. At the end, yeah. The villain starts off as a you know an owl creature, and you fight it, and then you, then it goes into phase two, and it changes its form, and then you beat it again, and then it goes into phase three, right. and you have to beat it again. <laughs> so, action one is summon monoliths. Uh, Eserthax conjures three monoliths of otherworldly green crystal, which grow out of the ground, centered on three points she can see within 500 feet of her. Each monolith is a 10-foot radius, 60-foot high cylinder with an AC 1900 hit points and immunity to poison and psychic. The monoliths don't block Eserthax's vision. Each creature within 10 feet of a monolith other than Eserthax is vulnerable to psychic damage. When the monolith is destroyed, each creature within 30 feet of it must make a DC 19 wisdom saving throw, taking 21 points of psychic damage on a failed save, or half as much on a successful one. So it summons three crystal monoliths that cause damage and debuffs and also make people vulnerable to the dragon attacks that come mm. later. That's cool. That's cool. I like that. The Visually, I like that. Oh, yeah. Okay. A little sip of water there. Action two, spatial alteration. Uh, Eserthax bats her wings erratically, releasing foul energy that warps space around her. Each creature within 60 feet of her must succeed on a 19 DC 19 charisma saving throw or be teleported up to 120 feet into an unoccupied space Eserthax can see. So they beat their wings and everyone teleports. Do you know what it doesn't say you, can, you can't do? Mm. It doesn't say you can't teleport them 120 feet up in the sky. That's true. <laughs> Just saying. Enjoy. I'm just saying. It does not say that I can't just throw them 120 feet up. Would you like 12d6 falling damage right now, please? Yeah. Um, and then action three, Elder Scream. So you start off by summoning monoliths and hurting everyone, and then they, they start to succeeding on that. So then you do spatial alteration. You're like, fine, and you teleport them all away. And then they still keep coming, and you get so frustrated, you do Elder Scream. Eserthax unleashes an eldritch... Eldric, Eldritch scream, piercing the mind of each enemy that can see within 120 feet of her. Each target must make a DC 19 wisdom saving throw, taking 77 psychic damage Oof. on a failed save or half as much on a successful one. So, like, that's like what you do. Like, you, the everyone, the, they've gotten the dragon down to within close to its death hit points. Then you're like, that's it. I'm so angry. Yeah. And um, by the way, the party and is everyone, probably pretty low. 
on their hit points. Yeah, the party's got to be so quite beaten up. They've been dropped 120 feet out of the sky. Yeah, and 77 hit points will not be fun at that point. Oh, God, no. 77 hit points in round three or four with an Elder Dragon is is taking someone down. Oh, easily. Um, You could... Oh, wow. But at CR 22, and I don't say that I know this for any particular reason, um, CR 22 is the level cap for uh, CR 15 PCs, or for level 15 PCs. Oh, interesting. So if you have a party of level 15 PCs, CR 22 is the max out. Where um, Where does that fall mathematically with the size of party? Or do you just... Like, what do you... Um, do you... Size of party, I do not believe it matters as much, but I can double check it. Let's see. Designing combat encounters. I've got my little handy-dandy chart. I use the one from um, Level Up 5e. Oh, it's going to... There we go. Come on. You can do it. I know you can. I believe in you. Here we go. Level 15. Yeah, no, it doesn't change. The, still, the maxim, maximum monster CR is 22. But then, like, say you have two players, right? Yeah. Yes, technically, mathematically, 22. But anything over 20 CR points is deadly for two people. Gotcha. Um, so let's say like you had, for instance, a level 15 party of four players, they could fight a level C- a CR 22 dragon um, and maybe like a couple of like CR one because that would be 22. A 21, 21 CR points is a medium battle for four players. Okay. Let's say theoretically you had a party of six people at level 15. Let's just say like, you know, maybe that happens. Mm-hmm. When that happens, you're still at max. You want to max out at 22. Um, and then that 22, you could literally have two CR 22 monsters and still be within beatability for a level 15 party. Okay. Now, I'm sure we'll never here's see. the thing. Not a, not a CR 22 solo. I see. Not a CR 22 solo. Because you remember in um, Level Up 5e, they have the they have the um, elite, and it's not it's not called elite. It's something like that. Yeah. Um, they have a version of the monster where you can you give it a specific name. Its damage is increased by about fifty percent and has twice as many hit points. Oh, okay. And it's still so like if I took a CR 10 monster, right? Yeah. And made a this amped up version. It would double. I would double its hit points, give it fifty percent more damage. And the only thing it still counts in that CR ten mm. for like your party max level, mm. but it counts as double that when you're doing your math. Right. So I I just explained that horribly, but that's you know. Yeah, I mean, I just I did wonder. So, but you can't do that with a solo monster because the solo monsters are specifically designed to not have anyone else with them. Got it. All right, and that's that's our CR. So design wise, what I'm noticing with the dragons here is it's very centered around like it's it's basically narrative monster design. This is mm-hmm. designed to tell a story in the fight. Yeah, yeah, which is that, cool because that's what you want for your solo fights, right? And again, a good resource for planning. You yeah, know, if you're planning like, it, let do some of this work for me. I can maybe reflavor it to whatever we've been doing. Mm-hmm. But you've done the hard mm-hmm. work. Yeah, like if you so, turn them to ice pillars for no particular reason. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. So now our next book is not one that we've ever used before. And I don't have the author or the title or anything in front of me, so I'm going to pass the torch to you Yeah, so to talk about this next book. Yeah, it is The Game Master's Book of Legendary Dragons. And normally they publish books of NPCs, traps. I have three of them. Yeah, yep. I have the book of NPCs, I have the book of traps and, I, and puzzles, and I have the book of uh, random encounters. Yeah, um, as far as writing credits go on here... There's quite a few. Um, oh, is it not by one guy? I couldn't remember. Yeah, it's My not. At least according downstairs. to this, they're, um, let me see where the actual names are because all I got are last names. So I'll try to... Uh, anyway, it doesn't really say. I mean, it must. I just don't have it. Okay, yeah. So the writers are... They they say your GMs, but um, Aaron Hoop, uh, Aaron Hubrick, uh, he's got some history with 5e core books, did some art. So that's an art guy. So, okay, so right... Well, he's uh, he's listed as writer, artist, designer. Uh, okay, James Hack must be nice. Is uh, James Hack? Yeah, I know. Yeah, lead writer uh, at D and D Beyond, co-author Waterdeep, Dragon Heist, Critical Role, Teldori Campaign. Oh yeah, we know him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It took me a second. I'm like, no, I do know that name. Uh, Dan Dillon. <laughs> that's a that's a yeah. That uh, I don't know that one though. Yeah, Cody Lewis, YouTube creator, D and D Twitch streamer, Dungeon Master. Um, oh. I don't know if he wrote one of these. Uh, let me. See. I had a student named that once. <laughs> Uh, Lewis is one of the credited authors on the cover, so he must have come up with one of these. Uh, Jim Pinto, he's a writer on Legend of Five Rings, Warlord, Protocol, Praxis, lots of stuff. Um, James Floyd Kelly, staff writer, creator at Tabletop Engineer YouTube channel. Uh, yeah, these there's quite the pedigree in here. Quite a quite. A, there's a lot of creators. Um, yeah, I would say if you you'd have to just go find the book. There's a ton. 
ton of creators in here. Uh, designer based out of Seattle. But this book has a little bit of everything, but it has some pretty, pretty, um, pretty, uh, pretty impressive dragons throughout. Um, All right. And now these are like atypical non-standard type dragons, correct? Yes. The very, I mean, not exactly how um, Flea Mortals did it, but nobody is. They're more playing with things like this is an ivy dragon. Yeah. This is a dragon of the the seafoam dragon and things like that. Right. Well, yeah. So they're not doing the colors. Almost all of these dragons are personalities. Um, they're they're story driven dragons. Also, uh, there seem to be two essentially decay based dragons in here. Um, okay. I mean, you get a lot to work with. They do spread culturally a little bit more than the other books. Right. Um, this is the book you want to pull from if your players know dragons really well. Yes. And you want to be you want to be like you hear a dragon and they're like, oh, what kind is it? I know how to. I, you know, or your ranger who's got a dragon as their preferred enemy. Yeah. So they have like Umanairu, um, Shepherd of the Storms. He's definitely Quetzalcoatl type looking Aztecian oh, okay. style dragon. Um, they're 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 not exclusively Western looking dragons. You know, they they do kind of try to they do seem to mix it up. And I mean, in each dragon, I couldn't even go over the flavor text. We don't have enough time. They have a whole page dedicated to just explaining what that dragon's about. What does it do? What is its role? Mm-hmm. Um, and when I looked into, um, you know, and it was funny because there is a dragon in here and it's the one that I'm going to talk about. He is not a green dragon, but he does definitely breathe the gas, you know, the poison gas weapon. Okay. Um, so that's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah. Because that's all you can go by. I mean, almost all of them, sure. you know, a lot of them do fire. Um, but it was interesting because, you know, and I think I had told you this, you, we, we talk about all these dragons and I have this very, um, you, you start seeing dragons, their immensity, their massiveness, and you just have to like wonder like, why do they not just rule everything? Like how can right. anything exist in this? So what this book came up with is- Don't they usually come up with like, it's because they're vain and lazy? Yes, exactly. And you can only get so much mileage out of that, I think, when you really think about it. Either way. It works, and, and it, they live for thousands and thousands of years. Of course, they're a little lazy. Yeah, sure. I mean, you're entitled. They, they go. I'll get to it tomorrow. <laughs> right. Time means nothing. I'm an ent, but more. Um. So I, what I settled on because of the breath weapon, mainly only is Zuth the Eternal. Zuth is Zuth the Eternal is okay. He's got an. He's got a really cool long flavor text. I won't read all of it. But the gist is Zeus is the um, he's the balancing point. If there are too many of a particular dragon, you summon Zeus forward and he wipes them out. He's population control. It's why the planet, why the world isn't overrun. Um, why don't dragons take over the world, Josh? But, because of Zeus. Yes. Uh, where is it? Uh, legend tells that Zeus was created from all elements. The suprapersonal will of nature drew from itself a powerful being uh, to act as a counter to the presence of dragons. After all, being that they are creatures of magic, dragons are outside the bounds of the natural order. Zeus rises from its deep slumber when it senses the call to restore symmetry between all dragons, good or evil, gold or black, fire or ice. If there are too many green dragons in the okay. world, Zuth corrects this dysfunction. If there's a surplus of bronze dragons, Zuth restores the average. Zuth is forever. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> Zuth is forever. Even if it's destroyed, it is always birthed again in time. When Zeus sheds one of its scales, that scale works its way deep into the earth like an old oak tree seed. There, within a cradle of dirt, the stone, and throughout several centuries, the scale forms an exact duplicate of Zeus. Therefore, even if one version of Zeus is defeated, another will always return to take its place in order to restore nature's order. So he's the slayer of dragons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he's the... um. He's he's the trash, he's, like in the true, yeah. you know, this force of nature type thing. Um, wow! It's and they, they go on in detail, and they're called by. And they're what's really interesting is uh, druids call Zeus forward. All these things are always wizard, and you know, but it's druids that call him forward because it's about maintaining a balance. Okay, that's cool. That's I like that. Yeah. Like it, that. What is Zeus's CR? Zeus CR is hang on where do we got it they sorry new book and they move everything around a little bit different no no yeah that's I love that when I read like the MCDM when they're talking about their design ideas they're like we put the CR in an easy to find place sometimes it's right over there by the proficiency bonus at the big end of it okay are you stats. ready this is gonna this is gonna challenge your math you you are you ready to go or you're I, I'm I'm finding my math page okay. right now all in anticipation. So based on the general, just that little bit I get, what do you think Zeus' challenge rating is? 30. It is. It's 30. 
<laughs> Zuth is 30. So right there, I think that challenge rating tells you you're not supposed to fight Zuth. You're not supposed to fight Zuth. I get this. <clears throat> Zuth is not. Okay, ready? This is great. Okay. This is actually a fun So wait, okay. So according to level up 5e at CR 30, he should have an AC around averaging somewhere between 21 and 25. Well, he's got a 27. <laughs> well, then, in, of course, his hit points must be lower since he has such a high armor class. So I'm guessing around... 500 instead of 600 738 is that what you said you broke up (laughs) this is great so the average for the level up 5e math here that i use for everything is 23 ac and 600 hit points okay and i know it has a proficiency bonus of plus nine because that doesn't change um again everything's moved around so i can't say exactly uh well we'll go through it uh skills damage resistance senses you know it doesn't Hmm. okay so um All right, ready. His strength is a thirty. Okay, oh, that's a that's a plus. What is that? A plus ten? It's a plus ten. It, okay, so that that tracks. Yep. His dex. That's, that's highest ability should have a plus ten. His dex is eighteen. Okay. Um, his con is also a thirty. That that makes sense. Yep. Now this is where he definitely balances out because he is a force of nature. His intelligence is He's not wisdom. Very bright, is he? His intelligence, wisdom, and charisma is a ten. No bonus Ooh. on any of that. So he doesn't have much of a personality because he is just a force of nature. He is a singular thing, yes. Um, He doesn't chit-chat. He's like, I'm here to level the field. (laughs) Right, exactly. Um, Dexterity is plus 13. It's fun to make those voices into the microphone. (laughs) Dexterity is plus 13. Con is plus 19. Intelligence plus 9. Wisdom plus 9. Charisma plus 9. So that must be his per- perception bonus, right? Or his proficiency bonus must be nine. Those are his, uh, is this his saving throws? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, those are his saving throws. Okay, so so he has a plus, so plus nine to all of them, all those intelligence stats, mental stats? Yeah, yep. Right? Yep. Yeah, that's because yep. it's got a proficiency bonus of plus nine and a plus zero to the stat. That makes sense. Yep. The math checks out. All right, his skills are insight plus 10, intimidation plus 18, which would probably check out. Um, I'd find him intimidating. Yes. Um, he is titanic dragon. He's really big. What is that, five yeah, by in, five in the, or something? In the art that comes with it, the he's dragons bigger than look gargantuan? small. That he's culling, apparently. Um, <laughs> so it's Yeah, it's Godzilla Tarasque dragon. Got it. Yes. He has... Uh, resistance to cold and fire. Uh, he is immune to poison, bludgeoning, piercing, slashing, damage from non-magical attacks. I think that's similar to the that's rest. standard, right? yeah. Yeah. Uh, conditional immunities. He can't be blind, charmed, exhausted, frightened, paralyzed, uh, stunned. Um, does that mean he can be... Can he be shape-changed? Well, I guess it doesn't say. Can he be put to sleep? Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Usually um, sleep and charm effects are hand-in-hand. Now, he has true sight only. He doesn't have the other one. Oh, he doesn't have... Um, blind sight. Blind sight? Yep. Um, his passive perception is 28, and his language is, tracon- is draconic and uh, telepathy up to 120 feet. Okay. 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 Um, trying to see. I, there's a lot of things here, so I'm just trying to... Yeah. Let's, He's amphibious. Like, are... um, like the other... Um, he can breathe air or water. Discorporation uh-huh. when Zeus drops... When Zeus hits zero points, his body is destroyed and is unable to take physical form for some time. <clears throat> Dragon sense. Uh, Zeus may use the scry spell as a natural ability. Zeus uses this ability to target dragons only. So he finds the brass dragon. He's like, that's one too many. Yeah. That guy. Exactly. Right the, there. He hits the number. Uh, earth glide. Zeus can burrow through non-magical unworked earth and stone. While doing so, Zeus does not disturb the material and moves right through. So he he's beneath your feet and you don't know it. Yep, yep. And, and I'm assuming the only way you would cross paths with Zeus in this way is if you were trying to protect a dragon that he was sent to eliminate. And you would fail. You would absolutely fail. Um, false appearance. While Zeus remains motionless, it is indistinguishable from a hillside or mountainside. <laughs> <clears throat> Legendary resistance six times a day. It's Whoa! Yeah. What? If Zuth fails a saving throw, he can choose to succeed. Um, and there's no cost, is there? It's just straight up no. Six times. Nope. Magical resistance. Zuth has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. Okay. Uh, magical, magic weapons. Zuth, Zuth's weapons attacks are magical. <clears throat> Reflective Fair. body. If Zuth is targeted by a magic missile spell, uh, a line spell, a spell that requires a ranged attack roll or any breath weapon, roll a d4. On a one to three, Zuth is unaffected. On a four, Zuth is unaffected, and the magic effect or breath weapon is reflected at the target um, and is reflected and targets the caster. 
as though the spell or effect originated from Zuth. So I can do that as often as I want. <laughs> okay. So from a design perspective, this is like what we look at when we got to go, all right, so what do we do when we just want to really, this is not, again. This is I, punishment. This is just punishment. This is just like mm-hmm. dream sequence. Yeah. You're going to fight in a dream sequence because um, you can't possibly win. And uh, I mean, you have to be level 20 character players to fight something that's CR 30. Yeah, I mean... Right there, his next thing is uh, regeneration. Zuth regains 30 hit points at the start of its turn. That's it. It's just, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, if Zuth takes radiant damage on its body, this trait doesn't function at the start of its next turn. So if somebody hits okay, it, okay, all right. It, so it does have something a little yep. bit, but like that just means Zuth gets down low. He just flies away. Yeah. Go ahead. And try uh, to stop siege it. monster. Zuth deals double damage to objects and structures. Okay. Sure. Because he's Godzilla. Right. Um. Let's see. Now his actions. Those were all just, okay. Um, Zeus can use his frightful presence. This is his multi-attack. He makes three attacks. Zeus can use his bite two and two claw. Um, melee weapon plus 19 to hit. This is for the bite. Plus 19 to hit. Range is 50 feet. One target. 50 feet? <laughs> yes. Remember, he's indistinguishable from a mountain. Oh, my God. I feel like to do this, you would not, you would just have a mini of his head. Yeah, yeah. It'd just be a dragon head. Mm. You just like moved onto the table. Yep. Be like, that's just his head. His body is bigger than the room. Oh my goodness. Okay, so he does, that bite does 29 points of damage, piercing. That's not bad. If the target is a living creature, it must succeed on a DC 22 constitution saving throw or take 22 points of poison damage as well. I thought you were about to tell me it takes 22 points of damage and if it's a medium-sized creature or smaller, it dies. It shouldn't it? But, um, so it's claws, melee weapon, reaches 10 feet, one target, 17 points. I think that's the same. Uh, It has a tail attack, apparently. Um, same thing, uh, plus 19, range 30 feet, one target, 17 points. Rock, range. <laughs> Does it have rock? It has rock. Rock! <laughs> rock makes a return, um, from the Giants. Uh, it does, in, in, in the drawings, he has much more of like a, an arm type build. Like, so that makes okay. sense. Okay. Um, um, yeah, because <laughs> he should be doing about 200 points of damage per round. Yeah, he, he could probably, yeah, he could do that. Um, Frightful presence. Each creature, you know, so that's the same uh, wisdom. That's the saving old, throw. yeah, the that's monster classic. manual frightened presence too. So now we'll get the to other the other designers. Thing. Kind of went away with that. Yeah. Um, poison breath. Uh, All right. Zeus exhales, exhales poisonous gas in a ninety foot cone. Each creature in that area must make a DC twenty two Constitution saving throw, taking ninety one points of poison damage on a failed save or half as much on a successful one. <laughs> and they're poisoned. Right? Yep. Um, if the creature is a dragon. Zeus poison breath poison breath bypasses any natural or non or magical poison resistance and immunities. A dragon, so it works on green dragons. Yeah, yeah. A dragon must first save against the poison breath. A dragon must take was must then make a DC twenty two Constitution saving throw. On a failed save, it takes an additional seventy five points of force damage, or half as much as on a successful one. Oh, do you know what would be a fun one shot? Having dragon characters fight this. Because that's yes. what I've been thinking the whole time. <laughs> oh my god! I just want to like t- take three of you and be like, I'm playing Zuth, and it's come. To, you got you. You have a trio of naughty chromatic dragons. Yeah, and it is all right. It is time. Let's do this. I think it would be. fun. I fly away. We're having the battle midair. Yeah, actually, would there's be no re- minis. That actually be really fun. Wouldn't that be super fun? Yeah, because that's the Let's only. That's the only way I was thinking. That was like the only way you could play this. Do you want to DM it? Do you sure. want to DM? I will come Zuth? up with a scenario. And we'll, that is not. And everyone could play a dragon from a different source. That would be fun. Yeah, that's totally cool. That's so funny. Someone was, can play. You like just pick the strong. You know this. You know the a monster manual of a level up five e and a flea mortal's dragon and fight Zeus. Yeah, and when Zeus kills you with the poison breath. A dragon, if the if the damage from the poison breath reduces a dragon to zero hit points, it is disintegrated. Um, oh, the good old disintegrate. Everything it's wearing or carrying except magic items are reduced to a pile of fine gray dust. The dragon can be restored to life only by means of true resurrection or a wish spell. So Wish spell. Uh, and now it's legendary action. Do you know that lots of liches have disintegrate too? Huh. Noticed that on some of those stat blocks recently. Let's see. Okay, so spell. almost done here. Jesus thing. I didn't even get into its tactics. Well, we don't have to discuss its tactics. Yeah, I know. It's just crazy. Um, that's what I'm saying. We didn't even get into it. Um, yeah. Zeus summons, uh, let's see. So he's got a bite. Uh, okay. Zeus can take three legendary actions, choosing from the options below. Only one legendary action option can be used at a time and only at the end of another creature's turn. <clears throat> 
Zeus regains spent legendary actions at the start of his turn. So he gets he can bite. Uh, he can do his bite attack again. Burrow. He can do the burrow um, detect if he needs to. So if somebody hit him, surprise. Of course, he has rock. So basically, he could do his attacks again as legendary actions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he can also summon lightning. Costs two actions to do this. Zeus summons lightning from a nearby storm cloud. Uh, the point of origin is within 500 feet of Zeus. The bolt strikes a 10-foot area that Zeus can see. Any creature within the 10 feet of that point must make a DC 17 dexterity saving throw, taking 54 points of lightning damage on a failed save or half as much on a successful one. Um, Any lightning immunity becomes resistance instead, and any resistance to lightning is considered full damage. Wow. That's fun. I like our idea of doing a dragon one-shot battle royale. Yes, that's... Yeah. Um, the thing we were talking about earlier, we'll have to put these types of things as a pin in it. Yes. yes for sure. Yes, absolutely. Oh, goodness. That's funny. Yeah. So he's that's, um, that's he's a, pretty amazing. So that the design-wise there, I just see a lot of like, oh, they were like, okay, what can dragons do? This guy undercuts it. Yeah. This guy undercuts what dragons can do. Um, that's a fun book. I'm glad you have that. Yeah, that is cool. And and they have a... The names are... You know, it's funny. I, I feel that a lot of uh, dragon names must use X. Like the dra- draconic must use the the letter X a lot because oh, yeah. this one has yeah. Valerian, the shackled queen. <laughs> well, what, what is that? That's Rodwolf's joke. Like, oh, it has an X. It must be a lich. It has an X in the name. It must be a lich. <laughs> Zavor, the plague bringer. Also, not a Z, but <clears throat> Zavor. It's pronounced yeah, Zavor. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, you know. Um, to be fair. So you know, what we should do in episode fifty. Josh, yes. what should we do in episode? We should talk about dragons in Estorok. Okay, yeah. We should say, like, what are the dragons doing in Estorok? Mm-hmm. We've talked about what the remnants of old gods are doing in Estorok. We've talked about what primals yeah. are doing in Estorok. We've talked about what demons and devils and Devorai are doing in Estorok. Right. What are dragons doing? Yeah. And you don't need Zuth in Estorok. You don't need Zuth in Estorok, because Estorok... Uh, Zuth would fit perfectly in Estorok. It would just be a... Prime, the primals would summon Zuth out of the earth if it thought that yeah. the dragons were being too feisty. Yeah, you could. I, I see Zuth as perfectly Estorakian. Just there's just not that many dragons. There's not enough dragons to warrant Zuth. <laughs> to warrant Zuth, exactly. So, yeah, well, well, let's talk about that next time. Well, that was super fun. Yeah, I enjoyed totally. talking about dragons. It was fun. It's almost and, like uh, they are in some way emblematic of the game in which we find our time for enjoyment. Totally. So, All right. But hey, I do think that though that that is all of the time we have. So hey, everyone, thank you for listening to hear us ramble on about dragons and numbers and uh, proficiency bonuses, and mm-hmm. that was super fun. And for more information, give us you know contact us or something like that on Instagram or at www.fourthpillarofplay.com. All spelled out. Yeah, um, or fire fire us a like on uh, Instagram. So thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Night Shift Radio. And we look forward to creating more with you.